Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going? This is Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, and it's that time of week again where we come together, talk about the Bengals, and uh, obviously there's there's a lot of talk about new directions with the team and uh, with the draft in the rearview mirror. There still is a lot to talk about, a lot to break down, and we have a special episode today. We'll get to our special guest in just a second, but I am joined as always by my my comrade, my co-host, John Sheeran. John, how are you? I'm um- I'm excited. I'm actually giddy right now. I can't, I can hardly contain it right now, to be quite honest. But, uh, enough about me. Let's get to the guests. Let's get to yeah, the guests. yeah, yeah. It just, just, we'll get to you again in a second, John. Uh, the reason why we are giddy and the reason why we are excited, we have one of the greatest players in Bengals history joining us, offensive lineman, Willie Anderson, joining the program once again. Willie, thanks for making the time. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back on the show. Yeah, we're 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 amped to have you. And like I said before, we took the air. I <laughs> I apologize. I hounded the hell out of you, but uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you made some time to come on and talk about the Bengals, talk about what you're doing. Um, first things first, you're you're coming off a pretty cool experience from the NFL draft, where you represented the Bengals and announced their second round pick. Uh, I also noticed you got a little shout out to Auburn there. You had to do that. I, I saw that. So talk about that experience and uh, what that meant to you to represent the Bengals at the NFL draft. Um, it definitely was a great experience, man. We had, we had a ball. Uh, actually, it was Marvin who called me. Really? Hey, man, they want to get you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, they, they want to get you um, to announce the draft. I'm like, Marvin, what the hell are you doing with the Bengals? You still like, what are you like, supposed to know? <laughs> he said, uh, he said, yeah, so um, uh, PB Jr. called me and set it up, set everything up, man. And uh, they, they actually told me they'll be calling me back in about two or three weeks. And I forgot about it. I was about to plan because I, I, I do work with Nike and the opening, uh, high school Nike opening camp. I'm one of the offensive line coaches. And uh, I had planned to be in Charlotte that weekend. Then uh, they finally emailed me back about my flights. I said, oh, damn, I, I, I got to do a draft. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I. I canceled with Nike, and uh, we did it, man. They blew us up. It was, it was first class all the way. Um, had a great experience. Uh, got a chance to meet a lot of uh, former great players. Like, you know, 
I'm, I'm standing in the buffet line eating what I do very well. <laughs> and I feel, I feel a strong, tall presence behind me. I'm like, damn, who in the hell is behind me that's taller and bigger than me? I look behind Ed Too Tall Jones. I'm like, damn. Oh, wow. He's really six foot nine. I'm like, he really is too tall. Like, so, <laughs> these guys, man, and, you know, um, it's my first time, you know, talking to the commissioner. You know, we all as old guys, we all, we all kind of yell at the commissioner about how meeting with the commissioner. They, they give us a, a meeting with the commissioner. And we all, you know, we all yell all the old guy stuff, you know, <laughs> you know, that things could be better for the older NFL players. Blah, blah, blah. But it, it, was, it was a great experience. They, they did a good job. NFL did a good job of uh, taking care of with guys and um, just good experience. That's awesome. I, I, I mean, from what I could tell, I was obviously not there, but from what I could tell, on TV, it, it seemed like there was a crazy amount of people there, even uh, even for night two. Um, just quickly, because you announced the pick, I'm curious your thoughts about the player and the fit for the Bengals, Drew Sample, tight end. Um, he was uh, a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but as he has arrived to Cincinnati, there's been some positive reviews. Just if you have any thoughts on him since you made the announcement of him as the newest Bengal. I mean, the Bengals, I mean, you, you got to get a credit to the Bengals and uh, the Duke Tobins and those, uh, those guys. You know, in the 2000s and the Marvin era, they've done a pretty good job of picking up guys. I mean, they, they haven't really, you know, I'm sure they've got here and there, but for the most part, they put together some very talented teams. Now, you know, back in the old days, we kind of struggled, but, <laughs> but, but in the 2000s, they started picking right. I mean, you know, they, they picked guys like Carson and, Chad and TJ and Eric Steinbach and Whitworth and all these guys in the 2000s that they picked. A lot of these guys worked out, so I think you got to give the uh, kids sample uh, a chance. And, you know, I, I was surprised, but I thought for sure that Carmen's going to have that. I would pick the offensive line. I would have the crowd go crazy. I mean, it, it was a great experience. You know, um, the whole just seeing the behind the scenes at the draft, we all sit in the waiting room. You know, I was sitting in the, um, the waiting room. Uh, my friends and uh, Richmond Webb and his wife. Mm. We had a great time weekend, and we kept getting called back. Like, I think Richmond got called. He got pushed back more than anybody in the green room, <laughs> you know, because I, I kind of figured, I said, know what? I'm going to prepare this whole speech. I'm going to say, and the Bengals going to trade the damn pick. I said, watch. <laughs> pick your trade. I'm like, damn, I got to sit back in here more now and think more about me falling down the steps, falling on stage, all the bad, all, all the things of bad things happen. So, you know, so every time somebody pick, got picked, pushed back, you get more even worried. So, um, I think the Falcons guy, uh, uh, a man played for the Falcons, they, they took their pick all the way out to the second round. So, you know, but, but it was a great experience picking Drew. And, um, you know, I think they're getting a chance. You know, I think, like I said, it's been great reviews out of camp. And they picked him in the second round for a reason. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So, we got you on after the Bengals finished draft where they took none other than an offensive tackle in the first round. What are your thoughts on Jonah Williams? What did you like about him when you watched him at Alabama? And do you think he is capable of coming in right away and playing at either left tackle or right tackle in week one? I think so, man. Um, if you see my Twitter, you know, I obviously follow a lot of SEC football. If you see my Twitter accounts. I've been, I've been raving about Jonah's. All season, you know, I, I've spoken to Jonah through social media. Um, I'm real 
cool with his, um, his former offensive line coach, Brick Key, who's now at Georgia Tech. You know, my, my son plays football at Georgia Tech, so I see Keys a lot now. But um, um, I know what Key, uh, Coach uh, Brick Keys teach. His, his style is similar to what um, I, I believe in. So I get a chance, I got a chance to watch Jones do those techniques, and he does them very well. And that's why I, w- I would argue on Twitter with anyone who says, oh, he's going to be a car. I'm like, man, this man is playing left tackle in the SEC and blocking NFL guys. No, 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 I'm not saying the SEC is the king of all conferences. I'm just saying, like, the conference is full of athletes. And they, they did a good-ass job of playing left tackle and blocking guys week in and week out for three years of, of starting Alabama. So I think, he, I think he proved that he can play tackle. Uh, which which one in the NFL that he'd be fine, you know? Um, they the top, you know. You know the whole, you know, you know. I am, I'm, I'm big about not telling, not letting people think of the left tackle, the right tackle. I mean, playing tackle is is, is big in the NFL. It's, it's hard in a position you play because every team have rushers everywhere. You know, you, you see it now the emergence of having strong guards now because the three techniques are. You're getting the Geno Atkins and the Aaron Donalds that three techniques and the Fletchers that three techniques that you better have some good guards too and you damn sure better have two good tackles. So, Jones going to prove the big thing immediately. <clears throat> well, it was good value at, at number 11, uh, first offensive lineman off the board. We're talking with former Bengals great Willie Anderson. He's got a lot of things going on, including recently being at the NFL draft, announcing the Bengals' second-round pick, and – uh, working with his lineman academy, we'll hear about more. We'll hear more about that in just a second. Uh, Willie, before we took the air, we talked a little bit about uh, Michael Jordan and not not the really famous Michael Jordan, the other Michael Jordan, the younger one that the Bengals selected in round four. You've got some connections to him. He obviously grew up in the area, went to Ohio State, and is a uh, has been a Bengals fan, and now is kind of living out his dream as a Bengals player. There seems to be a lot of upside with him, a lot of versatility. Uh, any thoughts on him as, as he now joins the Bengals in this new-look offensive line? Yeah, you know, like I said, I was telling you guys earlier, um, I trained a kid by the name of Paris Johnson. Ohio State commit, he's right now ranked number one lineman in the country, right there um, at St. X in Cincinnati. <clears throat> and um, Paris' mom, um, a good friend of mine, I've been training Paris since I like 14. And um, they called me before the, before the combine about um, the kid, Michael Jordan, about his dad wanted to catch up with me and wanted to sit down and train with us. And, but we, we never did get a chance to um, put it together. But it was ironic that, that the Bengals picked him up. And you know, I, I watched him at, I watched him at Ohio State. I think he was a, a, a dominant player at Ohio State. And, and it's a really good pickup for the Bengals. And so hopefully I'll be seeing a lot of, a lot of him lately, later on this summer, because I'll be up there work with Paris, a lot of high school kids in Cincinnati area, so hopefully I get a chance to work with Michael while I'm there. Willie, uh, I, I'd be remiss if I did not uh, if I did not ask you about the changing of the guard that occurred in Cincinnati this, this offseason in the form of Marvin Lewis uh, leaving the Bengals and the Bengals going in really a, a completely different direction in terms of a profile of a head coach and Zach Taylor. Um, you obviously I, I have some fond memories. I think we talked a little bit about this last time you were on the show. You have some fond memories of Marvin playing under him. And obviously you, you saw what the team was before Marvin and it's, it's 
before Marvin and after Marvin, if you kind of want to mark times in uh, in Bengals history, you saw what it was before he got there. You saw what it was after he got there and what the Bengals were able to do. Um, any thoughts, just kind of parting thoughts on Marvin and maybe what you've seen and heard about Zach Taylor being connected to the league as you are? It's like, uh, <laughs> I guess you can start talking the Bible. It's B.C. and A.D., right? Yeah, right, right. Before Marvin, after Marvin. But it was funny, I did a podcast with uh, a guy, uh, Brandon Thorne, who tells a lot of offensive line stuff on my uh, earlier day. I was talking about Marvin, and I was saying, man, you know, what people didn't realize is, um, like, all the Baltimore, I'm going to say more the Pittsburgh, because we, we, we kind of hated Pittsburgh more in Cincinnati, but we we had a certain different kind of hate for Baltimore, but there was a respect for Baltimore. But those two different, those, how brutal those games became, like, that's partly due to Marvin. People mm-hmm. don't realize that, you know, Marvin came from both places. Yeah. And when Marvin came to Cincinnati, you know, Marvin thought, you know, this is the running joke by all of us 2003 guys that was there when Marvin got there. But Marvin thought we all were terrible. You know, he, he had no old mindset. I'm taking over team two and 14. Everybody on this damn team has to be terrible. So, a lot of guys, myself and, and, and Chad and TJs and uh, Rudy and, and these guys, uh, Levi Jones, we all, we all had to tell, show Marvin that we, we weren't bad. We just we all just were on bad teams. You know what I mean? So, Marvin, Marvin to come talking about Pittsburgh about Baltimore. Now, he wanted to beat these teams, but but he had to know him talking about these teams made us hate them even more. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and as time go on, I think he built that up to what those, what those games became. You know, early on in those games, you know, Pittsburgh was pretty much beating us. Then, 05, we kind of got our footing, and we, 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 we started having a really good matchup with Pittsburgh. Then, once I retired, I, you know, I ended up in Baltimore and I've seen a different kind of hate with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. That's, that's totally different. Right? That's, you want to, I can't even explain it. But I think Marvin kind of built those. Marvin being there and his attitude toward those teams kind of built that those 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 games up to where some real bloodfest games. And I think before he got there, you know, the, the Bengals we, we didn't have games like that. You know, we was in games where we were trying not to get bludgeoned ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think him bringing the attitude, you know, you know, and Marvin had his fault. He know it. We all know. It, you know what I mean? But giving credit to what he does as far as bringing the style towards Cincinnati because we didn't have that, you know. And Marvin and I had our run in and 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 cut out disagreements, big disagreements. But I do give him credit on, um, you know, he, he changed the image of the Bengals from what we were. But it was just, it was just uh, too bad he couldn't get it over the hump, over the hump because. You know, it became a time that people got tired of just, you know, getting to the playoffs. You know, and, and uh, at one point in time, before before 05 happened, everybody was wishing and praying to God that we just get to the playoffs. And we, we all thought from 05 on, we thought it was the beginning of, you know, something special in Cincinnati. You know, and it did become special, but it never did go the hump. I think people kind of got tired of that. And it kind of wore out with Marvin. I think he'll tell you that too. So um, hopefully this, this new direction is kind of the same joke that the Bengals gave the city and the organization when they picked Marvin, you know. So bringing a new coach and bringing a new staff, a new direction, and hopefully that's, that's, that's a new joke of, you know, them getting going and, and not taking it. Because I don't, I don't think they're going to have, you know, I don't think they're expecting to, 
will have Marvin win. They have the pieces now. It's just about will that coach get the team to be a fighting, contending team that's playing smart football that's winning games. Yeah, and you you obviously uh, literally and metaphorically were a gigantic part of the turnaround that uh, took place under Marvin Lewis. And uh, just so you know, we've got we've got a live chat going on as we do the podcast, and a number of Bengals fans are saying, "Big Willie, Big Willie Hall of Fame." Uh, you know, shout out from from Arizona to Big Willie. Yeah, they, they, we, we all we all love you, man. And uh, I, I, there was another person who said we've been missing you since uh, since you left Cincinnati, which is definitely the truth. So uh, a lot of love from the podcast to you, uh, Willie Anderson. Again, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We are talking with Willie Anderson, and uh, Willie, you you're you've been engaging. I think over the past what two years in the Lineman Academy, maybe longer, um, where you are prepping uh, youth football players to groom them uh, for, for college level and beyond. Tell us a little bit about that. Maybe some people we need to keep our eyes on as they continue to progress through their football careers. Yeah. So, you know, um, my, my, you know, I retired in 2008. My son, he tells me in 2011 or 10, he wants to play football. I'm like, Oh no. Like why? Like, <laughs> I, I've never played football with you before ever. Like, my, my goal was to keep him away from football. I wanted so bad to be a basketball player. Like, we trained more for basketball than football. But football was his love and passion, man. And I said, well, the only way you're going to catch up is if you train at it. Because, you know, you're in an area where you're not going to get a lot of great, a lot of great coaching. And I just think these coaches are not going to, they're not going to have sympathy for for you. I told his mom this. They're going to have sympathy for him. Because he's, he's behind and started so late. You know, I was a late bloomer, but I come up in an area where coaches wanted to be coaches. I think right now, coaches, everyone is looking to move up. And that, that, that's no problem with that, you know. But I think sometimes kids suffer because um, the lack of continuity and lack of coaches want to be career coaches. Well, let's, let's face it, teachers get paid like crap in this, in, this, in this country. And coaches are teachers in high school. And these guys want to continue to move up. So I understand. So... Training helped my son get to where he's at now. My son is a fourth year uh, uh, shirt junior at Georgia Tech receiver wide. Got a full scholarship. So I said, man, once I get done with my son, so people begging me to work with their son. I man, I, I can't do that. My son is he's so behind, and I give up my whole life to get my son in college. Not my whole life, but I, I, I turned down other business opportunities then to get my son in college. Because I, I was never, you know, playing football, pro football, you away so much, and and I never gave time to my son for what he wanted to do. So for six years we did, that's what his training. So once we got done, he graduated in 2016. I started the Willie Anderson Lyman Academy. And I thought about doing with pros because people have been offering me, you know, you know, you know, a substantial amount of money to train pro line to get guys ready for combine. And I said, man, my, I just think it would be so cool. Like, whenever a pro guy who played pro football who was a really good teacher because just because you play pro ball, you know, don't mean you're a good teacher, but it also means you can be a very good teacher if you can relate it to the student. Um, and I just thought, whenever I raised the cannon, these guys trained my son and, and, and different pro guys that I would have Terrell Owens and, and Chad talk to my son at receiver. And, you know, and Ray Buchanan was training him at cornerback and 
get a chance to be around these pro guys, I just thought it was so cool the information they would give to kids because these guys were really good, uh, really good teachers. I said, damn, you know what? I'm going to start off with kids because to me, I see so many seven to eight grade offensive linemen getting ran out of football. Big guys getting ran out of football by, you know, some guy who's an asshole. And I'm not going to say that, not I said it, but right. <laughs> who's, who, who, take, who take the fun out of football for kids because he thinks a seven to eight grade guy should be tough and just be going to be big. And, no, man, teach me what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. I've also seen seven to eight grade parents is so discouraged because they don't know what their sons even even are doing, you know what I mean? But the neighbor's kid, you know, Jonathan, he's scoring three touchdowns, and his dad is the coach of the team, and, you know, John, Jonathan's family gets a chance to feel good at the game and after the game, where the linemen don't feel good because they're one and not getting taught the proper stuff. Two, it's not fun. And three, you're getting yelled all damn time. You don't want to do that. And, and I just think at that level, you go into high school, um, I think high school coaches do their best with what they think you do. They, they they do the best with the information they have, best with the resources they have. And I just think a guy like myself pouring back into high school kids, it means a lot more to me than, you know, fighting over with pro guys about what you should be doing. Because pro off-the-line coaches, they don't, they don't want guys like me in the NFL. Because, they, you know, you know, I say all the time, pro football is the only job you have that you put on your resume. Your resume it's held against you because you played. So people say, well, you don't want to put the hours in because you played in the NFL. You don't know what it is to coach. Well, you know, I necessarily don't want to coach. I want to skill develop. You know, give me two days out of the week to work with guys on skill. I don't want to sit in the classroom and go over plays and, and get so afraid of this blitz and spend an hour on one day I play. I don't want to do that. That's coaching. But skill development is what we do at the academy. We, we cross-train the guys. and It's just, just teaching big guys to understand that, hey, you're athlete, you matter, your technique. In order to be great, it's, it's, it's a technique, technique-driven position. And um, I'm having fun doing that. I do train, um, I do train, train a lot of pro guys. My, my main focus is to, is to make get a high school kid who's a five-foot, I have several these kind of kids, kids who are five-foot-eleven, that are juniors and seniors in high school that would never go play high school, college football, but their parents want them to have fun playing high school football. They want them to know what they're doing. You know, I get pleasure out of that. And I also get pleasure out of, you know, seeing a guy like Paris Johnson right at, at St. X in Cincinnati who stayed with me. He was 14 years old. And I said, this kid's the worst kid I've ever seen play football. Like, I, I, I kicked him out of my, my, my buddy, uh, Floyd Walker, the pastor in Cincinnati, he brought PJ down to me. I said, "Man, he can't be in my drills because the kid is—he's he's, he's holding me up." Like I work with him on my own at the house, and I, and I basically started training PJ in my in my kitchen. And now to see PJ is, is ranked number one lineman in the country um, for the wow. 2020 class, um, right there saying that he's, he's, he's the most coveted offensive lineman in the country. And I have other guys. I have a guy, Chris Morris, out of Memphis. These kids travel to, to Atlanta to come work with me, and you would be amazed at these kids work at this. I got a kind of kid here in Atlanta called Paul Teo, uh, right here at, at Milton High School in Georgia. I met Paul in the seventh grade. He's one of the biggest damn kids I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, Paul is committed to uh, uh, Clemson right now. So, wow. to see these kids from 13, 14 years old, now they're about to be seniors, 
and they're ranked national in the country when people just say, oh, they're just a big, clumsy kids. Clumsy kids are big, athletic, they look good. And I get a joy, I don't know why, I get a certain joy out of that than me saying, yeah, you know, training, you know, flying to Oklahoma City and train Lane Johnson for the Eagles, that's great. The Lane is a great player. And for them to believe in me, to, to train, all these pros believe in me, that's a great feeling. But it's even better feeling for me to develop someone's son, to see them get to college, or to see them to be successful, successful players in high school. So that's kind of what we do at the Willie Anderson Lyman Academy, you know. I'll talk all day about it because it's my passion. That's awesome. Uh, I, I've seen some stuff that you've done, you've put up on your Twitter account. And for those who, for some reason, are, are not following Willie Anderson on Twitter, at BigWillie7179, I've seen some stuff that you put up and uh, working with kids, which I think is awesome. I'm a, I'm a former coach myself, and I understand the joy of working with you know, high school level kids and stuff. It's, it, it's a really cool feeling. And, you know, between what you do and some of the stuff that your old offensive line coach, Paul Alexander is doing with, with younger football players. I think both of what you guys are doing is, is very cool. Uh, if there's a way either to find out more information or to get involved from, for volunteerism or anything with your organization, where can people go to find out more? Go to my website, willieandersonlimanacademy.net. Um, you know, um, both my social media, Instagram, Instagram and Twitter, are both the same. Big Willie seventy one seventy nine. Um, also, we're selling some videos. Um, I have my own set of videos that I sell, um, but my past pro videos, um, they're on my website called Training And then Paul and Dandy and I, we did some videos, the past pro videos, a seminar as well. I'm called Paul, Paul and Willie. They're on Coach Two. So Very cool. Yeah, so awesome. We're trying to get the old, we're trying to get the offensive alignment training and skill development as high as the quarterback. So right now, everybody's a quarterback trainer right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. quarterback trainers are very popular, but they've also helped improve the game. You know, so many people complain about seven on seven, but I mean, look at the year Andy Dog came to the league, and I think all it was about seven. Quarterbacks from Texas that were in the draft, including Andy and uh, Andrew Luck and the kid from the Dolphins and uh, Robert Griffin. And there was about seven of those guys that, that grew up playing seven type of football. And they all came into the NFL as starters, and they and they all credited playing seven on seven and having quarterback trainers as the reason why they were able to come in and play so early. I think offensive line training has to get popular, and parents have to see, hey man. Let me take my kids to a specialist to get them trained and develop. And I tell high school coaches, don't offer the line coaches. So, you know, we, you know, we do it their territory. And I tell coaches, don't, don't, don't think we're teaching your kid anything else. You know, when a kid comes to us, I say, man, hey, first thing I want to know is what are you being taught at school? Because we have to perfect that first. So if you go to a math studio and you're going for an algebra test and she teaches you geometry, like, what good is that? Right, you know, so we're, we're, we're tutors that's going to refresh you up on what you're doing in school or what you're doing in college. We have college guys, uh, a gang of college kids coming in now because they're on break, and we so we, we give you a little bit extra to put in your toolbox, but at the same time, we're going to help you to perfect the techniques in which you're being done taught at your school. So, you know, it's not different, though, it's not the pro way or the high school way, it's football. Well, I, I can't think of many other people 
who are <laughs> who I'd want my kid to learn under uh, over over yourself. I mean, that's uh, that's you're one of the best offensive linemen to ever do it. So uh, you know, obviously, what you're teaching is um, very valuable, and uh, it's it's very cool that you're giving back to you know future generations in this way in terms of teaching knowledge technique all that good stuff um willie it's it's been an absolute pleasure i appreciate the time uh we'd love to have you back on again sometime in the near future whether it's something that you're doing with the academy or just to talk more bangles or both we'd love to have you back on man i'll be up in cincinnati uh, i think next month for some stuff up there so uh maybe talk then and see a bunch of guys i definitely get by training camp so you know it's who they all did. I, I, I'd love it. I'd love it. Thanks, Willie. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. That was Willie Anderson, former Bengals offensive lineman, one of the best to ever do it. And uh, he's got – you heard the websites. You heard the information that he's got. Very. I actually didn't know he's putting out training videos, John. That's, that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, dude. Do you have Instagram? Well, I knew he was doing – I knew he was doing his, his little clips. I didn't know he was selling actual tape. Right, right. Stuff like that. That's that's pretty cool and valuable stuff in itself. So, uh, I mean, my kid's only two, but if you have, a, <laughs> if you're listening and you have a kid that's maybe thinking about football and especially offensive linemen, at least maybe start there. And uh, if you're a Bengals guy, I'm sure Willie would love to work with with you and your kid. I mean, I, I don't know. To me, that's pretty cool. Does he? Does, I don't follow him on Instagram. Admittedly, I follow him on Twitter. Does he put a lot of stuff up on Instagram? I just love like going through my friends' stories. It's just like the most basic crap imaginable. All of a sudden, you get to like a live video of Willie Anderson. It's like eight minutes of just him just going through like rigorous training with with pass protection drills, and it's and like you can watch it for like a couple minutes and just learn something new every 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 time if you're if you're into that stuff. So it, it's he's he's one of a kind man because like you said, like it, it, it's it's not the fact that he was a great offensive lineman, but not not all the great players can become great teachers and great coaches. Right. He's just someone who can do it at, at both. And this, that's a rarity, especially nowadays. And I think part of it, you heard it in at the end of that interview when we, when we were asking him about it. Um, I think part of it and probably a big part of it is the passion that he has for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he, not only the passion of football and playing football, as long as he did at such a high level that he did, but um, the passion of, of, you know, kind of teaching future football players. And I think it sounds like, he said one kid's going to Clemson, another kid, that Paris Johnson kid's going to Ohio State. So those are a couple of names to to look out for. So our thanks to Willie Anderson. He's been on the program before. It's been a little while. I think it was bef- just before the start of last season we had him yeah. on. And uh, so, you know, with the Bengals investing so much in offensive linemen this offseason, we figured it would be a good time to get him back on. And we appreciate his time. Hopefully we'll get him back on again soon. And I hope you all enjoyed that interview at least even close to as much as John and I did. I, I, I don't want to speak for you, John, but I enjoyed it. It's always yeah. good. So, good dude. Good dude. And actually got some funny story. I thought that the draft story was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Kazenza. Uh, we just heard from Willie Anderson. And in case you didn't join us live and uh, you want to get that interview or other snippets of this episode other episodes all that good stuff you can find our content on itunes on stitcher on spotify on google play you can also find our content on the megaphone platform on youtube and all of our content is on cincyjungle.com so you can check that out and again big thanks to willie anderson for joining us uh it's been a little while since we've had a Bengals player on and not many of them are 
have the resume as as Big Willie. So uh, it's good to have him on the program. Ooh.